Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, and man, we are in week 10 of the high school football season. It has made it here quick. Sponge, probably the biggest week of the year in terms of games, the activity, and we are, uh, man, we got two big nights of high school football this week. Yeah, definitely. You know, you got that good Thursday, Friday because of uh, Florida, Georgia weekend, Georgia, Florida, you know, so the they can't have all the cops out in force, so they break it up and give you that little bit of Thursday night games, and then you get your Friday night games. So two two good nights of high school football for sure. Big matchups this week, but as we do always, we look back before we look ahead. The big ones last week where I thought were uh, kind of the standout performances, Bartram 21, Gainesville, Buhold 6. We kind of pegged that one as a de facto district championship game all season long. Bradford absolutely eviscerated Danella, and I thought that would be the <laughs> most challenging game of the season for Bradford. That uh, was not the case. They took Danellen apart. They have allowed seven points all season long. Crazy. How about Bernadina Beach with the upset win over Palaka 27-15. Panthers unbeaten season goes uh, to the side there. Oakleaf 27-21 over Madison County. Big one there for Marcus Miller and the Knights. Riverside over Sandalwood, a little bit of a surprise there. 14-0, kind of cooled the Saints off. And Parker that tough one against University Christian, but UC pulls yeah. away at the end, 49-26. So, Sponge, what were your big takeaways from week nine? All those games you had that you mentioned as well, um, I'll throw in your boys. They had a nice banger of a game. They just keep, keep finding a way to win. The Jackson Tigers, you know, they, they uh, played a tough Baker County scrappy team, 21-14, no, nice seven-point win. But I know that game was a little defensive back and forth early, but they did what they finally do. Uh, I thought the other, uh, you know, it's not sneaky game, but at the team we've always talked about, they've been in our Super 10 all year, really. Creekside, they needed a win. Uh, Fleming Island's been a pesky team. They found a way to win kind of in a shootout, kind of like how they've been winning 38-35 to keep those playoff hopes alive for them as well. And then, uh, you know, I, I thought the other big game, like you said, Bradford just, you know, we thought Donnellan might be a little bit of a, a team to at least give them a game, and they continue the shutout streak. Absolutely took them apart. And, yeah, I saw the Jackson game. I was out there for that one, 21-14. I thought that was actually predicted Baker County to win that game. Um, just thought Jackson's recent offensive struggles would kind of be uh, the separator in there, but they were able to, to pull it away and um, been a tough-fought game. That was their first offensive touchdowns allowed, and, uh, a three-week span. So Jackson, after two yeah, up-and-down offensive performances, really uh, stacked that defense again against a good team and uh, set that table for that Reigns game on Thursday night. Just every, just so impressed with Jackson, Christopher Foy and company, what they've been able to do and turn that program around. Of course, the big one on Thursday night is the one that matters. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But any surprises to you in, in week nine? Uh, you know, to me, I thought UC struggling a little bit with Parker was a bit of a surprise. Um, Jackson, yeah, I, again, I, I picked them to win. Yeah, I think, I, honestly, I think everything kind of went according to plan. Um, we knew the big one, obviously, the week, the Bartram, you know, Buholtz game was was obviously number one, you know, district championship on the line. You know, what, what Buholtz, you know, has done all year has been, you know, consistently good. And then we were like, Bartram, they've been one of our best teams that we truly – I've been like, this team is really good. Let's see if they can put it all together. You know, offensively, they've had some struggles to where their defense picks them up. Defense has played really good all year, so that's kind of what they've always been able to lean on. And then there's been some games where the offense has just been, you know, lights out and, you know, scoring a ton of points. I feel like they kind of put it together, 
you know, obviously shutting Buholz down to basically it was a shutout and they scored like on the last, you know, couple plays of the game to get Barton, on the board. Barton's so they been a different kind of team this year. Yeah, I mean, they have been, they have been defensive minded. They've been offensive minded. They've really kind of strung it, uh, strung things together this year. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think uh, Riley's play at quarterback has definitely evolved into where, he, you know, he's a big kid, He's but he's athletic. So him running the ball, um, you know, creating more pass plays downfield has been big for him. Uh, they they found a running back in Biddle. He's been toting the rock the last couple of weeks. So they're kind of sneakily putting everything together at the right time. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I think I, they, they don't need to sleep on Oakleaf because Oakleaf's one of those kind of teams that can get up and give you a game. So um, they don't need to sleepwalk in this one and, and get clipped or anything. But I, I think that they should ha- handle and take care of business. But definitely um, – you know, upset alert, be on the lookout, and don't don't go sleepwalking uh, Friday night against Oakleaf as well. Yeah, to, you know, to me, Bartram has been just so consistent, and we've talked about it throughout uh, throughout varsity this year. They've been, you know, one week it's defense leading the way. The next week, it you know, they're dropping 59 on Creekside. Uh, another week, they're winning, you know, in a 17-0 game against Fleming Island. It's been very, very back and forth, but both sides of the ball have shown that they can deliver week in uh, and week out with whatever is needed. And yeah, I'm, I'm really beginning to believe in this Bartram team that this could be a state championship type of season for Bartram. I agree. You know, you're talking, you're not talking having to go through the Apopkas of the world anymore. You're going through a suburban path to the playoffs. You're going to see Buholtz again, probably in that regional final. Yeah, so I do yeah. think that Bartram is positioned for a state semifinal run, a possible run to the title game. And they are consistent enough on both sides of the ball to do it when they're Offense has been asked to deliver. They deliver. Again, they needed those points to outscore Creekside. And, you know, Creekside entered that game averaging over 40 a game. And uh, Bartram held them down. They had to put up points in that when they won big. Um, so they've been able to answer the call on whatever the other team was giving them. So that was a very impressive performance last week. I think maybe their performance of the season in beating a very good Gainesville Buholtz team. That was a state semifinalist last year as well. So Bartram Trail. Daryl Sutherland really, really feeling good, um, closing in on a 10-0 season for them. And, yeah, a trap game maybe against Oakley. I don't see it. Um, you know, Oakley's yeah. still fighting for its playoff life um, in the region, but I just don't see them being able to uh, to put four quarters of football together to beat a very consistent Bartram Trail team. Yeah, I would I would, I would definitely tend to agree with you. It's just I know that Oakley, they, they've, I guess, disappointing to say the least. They've had some nice wins. They've been in some games, but, you know, four and four record, you know, maybe probably should have won a game here or two that they probably shouldn't have lost. And like I said, I think they've got players, but Bartram, I think, is overall head and shoulders better than they are. I don't think, I don't think they'll go sleepwalking in the game and, you know, drop one or anything like that. But like I say, it's, it's football. So they, they, they definitely need to not, not sleep on them. This week, before we dive into our Week 10 games, let's talk about our Super 10. And for the first time all season, for me, Sponge, none of our Super 10 teams lost last week, which is a little bit yeah. of a surprise. It's been, you know, fluctuations, been ebbs and flows all season in the Super 10, upsets here and there. And last week, lo and behold, just the hold steady. So last week's looks the same as it did for me. Ed White still at number 10. Um, Trinity Christian still at number one. We just don't have any kind of fluctuation at all in there so it's a pretty steady week Bartram Trail at number two for me staying the same Jackson yeah I thought about maybe possibly moving you know moving a Bradford up last week but um, after last week's win 
but I, I kept them. I kept them Jackson third. I'm, I'm going down with the Jackson ship there. So um, <laughs> like uh, I like them. I like what they've done. Um, I got Jackson at number three, Bradford at four, Reigns at five, UC at six, Fletcher at seven, Creekside at eight, Bowles at nine, and as I mentioned, Ed White at 10. So very, very, uh, very consistent week for our Super 10 teams. Yeah. A couple of those guys were on buys last week, uh, but nonetheless, a very steady week for our top 10 ranked teams. Yeah, my, mine is literally spot on with yours now, except for I just flipped. I've got Fletcher at seven and Creekside. At, uh, at, I've got Fletcher at eight and Creekside at seven, where you've got it flipped the other way. And I thought I thought about moving uh, Bartram at number one, you know, just for a quick second. You know, I'm like, the way I look at the poll is if Bartram and Trinity were going to play Friday night, who would I pick to win? And I'd probably pick Bartram only because Bushy's out. But if you had a full Trinity versus a full Bartram, you know, weeks from now, maybe it's a different story. But I still think, obviously, Trinity, you know, they're going to win these next two games. And you know, they're probably not going to have a, another big game until they play UC in the playoffs. So uh, I kept Trinity at one, but I thought about – I thought hard about putting Bartram at one. So we'll see how it plays out, and, you know, who knows. But, yeah, yeah. all ten of these teams – all ten of these teams really have been kind of in our ten, and they kind of fluctuated and bounced around a little bit here and there. Yeah, I'm the same with you. I did I did actually uh, – it kind of was asked around the office if, if I would move up Bartram this week over Trinity. But um, I did have that thought for a fleeting second – um, and also the the Bradford over Jackson at three and four. But, yeah. you know, it kept that – again, I think if there was, a, you know, a seismic kind of performance, you know, Bartram beating Buholtz is nice. Being, had they beat him 45 nothing or 45-6, right, maybe right, a little bit right. different. Um, again, it's just tough to – it's tough to gauge a Trinity Christian when you're playing a Christchurch team and, you know, yeah. you're emptying the bench kind of kind of thing. It, again, I would love to see Trinity – in, in some of these district games, be able to schedule uh, a, a little bit different. And the Christchurch, the NFEIs, the Providences, those yeah. games don't yeah. do anything yeah. good for either of those programs. But so nonetheless, Super 10 stays the same for both of us this week. That's uh, a little bit of a change from how it's usually been. Usually we're talking upsets here or there um, in our Super 10 rankings, but not this week. Very steady and consistent week for all of our top 10 teams. And that sets the table for week 10, the biggest on the calendar to date. This is district games, last week of district games, and there are district matchups galore that are just unbelievable. Two nights of football this week. I'm glad we have it spread out over two nights because it's it's more to take in. And yeah. just a great night of football. So many district games um, in, in on tap this week. First Coast at Fletcher, that's going to decide a district title. Jackson at Reigns, that's going to decide a district title. Sandalwood at Mandarin, that's going to decide a district title. White at Westside. A district title game those are the thursday night major showdowns and then oh by the way friday we've got a pretty pretty good assignment there bowls at bishop kenny that's a district game bradford at palaka district game there clay at st aug district game there that'll decide a title big big games all around providence at trinity mm -hmm. that'll decide a district title uh swanee at wakula district title type of game um so just all across the board and that doesn't even factor into the equation of teams that are kind of on the outside looking in, you know, the Tacoy Creek Keystone game, huge playoff implications there. Um, a lot of games on the schedule that even if they don't come with the, the disclaimer of a district title attached to it, there are massive stakes alive. Fleming Island at Buholtz, big game for Fleming Island's playoff chances. So two nights of great football this week. Let's start with Thursday first, Bunge. 
I think that Jackson yeah. Reigns game to me is is the headliner on that night. I know first coach Fletcher, Sandalwood at Mandarin as well, but to me, Jackson Reigns on Thursday night is a massive contest. Definitely, definitely. We've we've had this one kind of circled, pinpointed as this would be the game to decide it. This would be, you know, the game of kind of the north side. Uh, you know, who's back, who's who's who who runs it and all that. And uh, you know, Jackson's been steady Eddie ever since, you know, that first lost that first opening week zero to Brunswick and just keep finding ways to win. They kind of went ugly. They play good defense. You know, they don't have too much explosion on offense, but Fred Gaines has been really solid player for them on offense, just uh, running the ball, catching the ball to the backfield. And they, like I said, they just find ways to win. And, you know, Reigns, again, Reigns is always Reigns, man. They're, they're loaded on defense, going to have a fast, aggressive defense. They play good defense. You know, what are you going to get from Roman Doles at quarterback? You know, how how much has that offense progressed in the last couple of weeks? I know they've had a couple of games where they kind of been starting slow and then they pick it up late and, you know, pull away, you know, against like the Riversides. And I, I, right, I can't even, I don't even know how to predict this one because it's like you just don't know what you're going to get. So I almost, I, I was leaning reins, but then it's like, how do you bet against Jackson right now? You know, it's like hard to go against the team that just they they've kind of like found themselves on saying, "Hey, we know how to win games," and they've kind of just consistently all year figured out a way to win. So like, but that game, I love the matchups. I love you know it's going to be a defensive game. I think obviously, you know who's going to make the big play, who's who's going to not turn the ball over, and I think it's going to be a lights out game. Matt, just great matchup. I mean, it's kind of. Uh, the new blood versus the old guard in in terms of what this game means. I mean, Jackson was a power in the night or the the two thousands under Kevin Sullivan, and you know, cranking out nine and ten win seasons every year. It felt like, and they just they lost it somehow when Kevin Sullivan left. And this is a kind of a, a return to greatness if they can get past Reigns. They've already knocked off Fletcher. Big game there in overtime at the beach, and they won that game. So. If they beat Reigns, they not only, you know, win a district championship for the first time since 2009, but you're in the gateway conference, gateway championship conversation. And that would be a remarkable turnaround for a program that was just awful after Kevin Sullivan left from 2011 on to even 2020. This was not a good program. They were a program in flux, in transition. And Christopher Foy, his he has done a remarkable job in rebuilding this program from scratch, from the studs up. They changed it to a magnet school and just, they have done so many good things. And this feels like kind of a coronation game if they can get there and win that game against Reigns. And in Reigns, as you alluded to, they've struggled a little bit on offense to find a little bit of a rhythm. Are they a passing team? Are they a running team? Roman Doles is, is inconsistent at quarterback throwing the ball. He's a much more consistent player kind of scrambling around. I think he's more of a threat to, mm-hmm. to beat you with his feet. Um, and they've had some inconsistent games this year. So um, they were on the ropes against Rebald. It took a late defensive pick to, to flip that game. Um, they struggled in it for a half against Riverside. But again, true champions find a way to win those games. And yep. you can't fault Reigns for, you know, playing tough games because they ended up winning that game. They're only blemishes to Trinity Christian. So to me, this is an old guard versus the new guard kind of game you know, a coronation kind of game for Jackson and, uh, you know, and kind of a uh, we told you so game for Reigns, not ready to let up and cede uh, its supremacy in the in the area just yet. So an excellent matchup. Jackson has won seven in a row since that week one game. 
um, against Brunswick. And again, you, you're just, you feel it if you're Christopher Foy, if you're Grayson Howard, if you're Fred Gaines, that they have worked all season, really the last two and a half, three years to get to this performance. They prove it kind of game shows that they belong. A district championship would do that for Jackson and, and really prove that they have turned the corner. You know, it, it's nice to get to the playoffs like you did last year, but you didn't win a district championship. You didn't go through the, the, the ranges and bowls to win a district title last year. So this is, is that game, is that performance that Coach Foy and Jackson have worked hard for? And you can better believe that Donovan Maslin and uh, the Reigns Vikings will not give that up easily. Another one on Thursday night, First Coast at Fletcher. This one's a little bit more intriguing since uh, Parker knocked off First Coast a couple weeks ago. Fletcher can win the district championship outright with a victory here. First Coast can win the district championship um, if it wins and gets some help. They need Inglewood uh, to beat Parker uh, to help them out there. So see if that can happen. I like Seattle Faison's group. They're six and two. Going to try and win a second district championship for C4 in his two seasons there. Sandalwood at Mandarin, another huge one, Sponge. Kind of a, um, to me, Sandalwood has been up and down, up and down, but uh, they run the ball extremely well. Uh, can they defend well enough to, to put up a roadblock or enough hurdles against Tremel Jones? Jamie French, Kyron Jackson, and that offensive bunch at Mandarin. So that is a good old school gateway conference throwback kind of game on Thursday night. And another one, White against Westside. I like Westside uh, to maybe stay in that game for a quarter, but I think White is too deep there. Uh, I don't think that the commanders let that game get to a uh, district kind of a tiebreaker scenario. I like White uh, in that game as well. Yeah, I think I think Ed White handles business against uh against uh Westside. I just I don't think Westside's got enough. Ed White's kinda you know, they were they were high on my radar. They've they've won some game they've you know won, but then, you know, they've kind of struggled in a in, in a sense by, you know, losing one and then kind of a little bit of a banger against Rebalt, you know, where Rebalt's been way better than I would I would expect the year one with uh with um my man Ram at the helm over there uh, at Rebalt. But uh you know, Westside need or uh, Ed White needs a game to like kind of get back rolling again by saying, "Okay, let's win this district, let's let's get this thing rolling for the playoffs." So, I like Ed White. The the, the interesting game, like you said, Sandalwood Mandarin. Um, you know, Sandalwood's kind of been up and down all year too. They've they've won some games that we might not have expected, and they played a little better than they they did when you know we we didn't expect it, and then they kind of played down, and you know, vice versa. Mandarin again has been one of those teams to me has been pretty good, but they've also lost some games they probably shouldn't have. But I still think they can be a dangerous team. So I think they definitely you obviously got to win this one to keep your uh, playoff chances alive. And I I think they get the job done and, and get the win. I think they do, you know, sneak into the playoffs as a as a district champ and then maybe as a underseeded team they can maybe make some noise, kinda like uh Nice did last year. Because anytime you got a good quarterback, you got weapons at receiver. You, know, you can make something happen on offense. So I like Mandarin in that one. And, you know, so Thursday night has definitely some uh, a nice slate. Oh, yeah, I also I, I like Fletcher. I like Fletcher over first coast. I just feel like C4, he's got that defense going good like he's had for the last two seasons. That's been their staple. You know, offensively, I think they're, they're playing a lot better this season. So don't get me wrong, first coast has had a heck of a nice start to the season. But I just – I like Fletcher a little bit more right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. I do – I do think uh, in those games, I think Fletcher is probably the, the favorite in that one. But, uh, you know, First Coast would be the first district title since 2014, should they uh, be able to pull it off. 
um, and, and get in there. On Friday night, we got some good ones as well. We mentioned the Bartram Oakleaf game. Bowles, Bishop Kenny, a very good game for a district title. Bowles has not lost to Bishop Kenny since, I believe, 1977. So it's a long, long time ago that the Crusaders get there. They almost did it in a 2017 game, lost with a nine-second left on a late touchdown by Bowles, 38-34 in that game. So um, interesting kind of matchup there, kind of a tale of two halves for Bowles. They had a three-game losing streak. Uh, they had some injuries there early in the season. And, again, you, you're losing games to teams that are monsters as well. Benedictine out of Savannah and Trinity Christian, both defending state camps. And Brunswick, which is still undefeated, they have not lost a regular season game uh, since the 2020 season. So just a great, uh, great schedule there by Bowles. And you've seen them get back in district play and absolutely hammer their opponents. I think that Bishop Kenny team is a good one. It's the best district team they will have faced this year. But I think Bowles a little too much for Bishop Kenny on Friday night. Yeah, definitely. Um, BK's had a nice year. Um, nothing to sniff out of seven and one, you know, start. But I just – I think Bowles you – know, yeah, the record doesn't really indicate how good they are. And, you know, they're getting healthy again, like we said. Um, you know, I just think they got, you know, a lot of weapons with DJ getting back healthy, getting back at quarterback. Obviously, Naeem's been a great receiver for them. They're starting to find some backs. You know, their defense is getting – like they're, everything's starting to come together a little bit for Bowles now. And I just think they're a little bit better than Bishop Kenny right now. But it does make for a great matchup. You know, and, and the, the history of a, a Bulls BK, two private schools, you know, and it's it's nice to see BK not sitting at like two and five, but like seven and one. So, you know, the, de definitely they've had a, a great season so far. And like, like I say, it's football. Who knows? You know, they bring it. They pull the upset. But I, I like the Bulls Bulldogs on Friday night. Yeah, same here. Uh, another Bradford 8-0. They go to Palaka 7-1. That game's also a little bit of luster with Palaka's loss last week. Uh, you know, but Palaka in, in the point standings, if if they're not careful and go out on the season on a three-game losing streak, which is very possible because they get yeah. San Augustine next, they're in a little bit of a precarious position in terms of playoffs. I mean, you start 7-0. and If you drop your last three games, you're looking possibly at a number eight seed in the region, and that is not good. And, and Palaka, I, I think you've got to you've got to win one of these last three games uh, to make yourself feel pretty comfortable. Um, and I don't see it happening on Friday night against no. Bradford. I think Bradford has just been airtight. I think that's another state championship kind of team. Uh, Jamie Rogers has done a fantastic job there. So I do like uh, Bradford in that one. I like Clay er, and the Clay-St. Augustine game. I don't think there's any way St. Augustine loses that one. Clay has just been wildly inconsistent this year. I do think the Yellow Jackets win that district title a year after missing out. To Coy Creek, Keystone Heights, I mentioned that one as kind of a a fringe game to watch, but that is huge playoff implications for Tacoy Creek. They've got Nice next week. They really need to win one of these last two games. I think Nice is still probably a little bit too much for Tacoy Creek at this point uh, in its development. So I do think Tacoy Creek needs this one to stay in the mix for the playoffs. Uh, Pontevedra at Nice this week is a huge rivalry game. But Nice, again, we we beat the drum on this. You're one in seven, <laughs> an absolute uh, disappointing season after that regional final run last year so um what better way to kind of flip that season and give a little life at the end than uh, by beating Pontevedra. Pontevedra is a playoff team um on the outside looking in right now in a nine spot in that region they have got to win uh to, to 
keep having that shot at the playoffs. I do think Pontevedra has a chance on on making that as an at-large team. But again, Nice, I, it's been a very disappointing season for the Panthers. You got an elite 11 quarterback, a defense that is really struggling, and uh, you're one and seven. This is not a team. This was a Super 10 team for me to start the season, and they have really, really plummeted. Yeah, definitely. We we talked about, like you said, beat the drum, beat the dead horse, disappointing, you know, all that. And, you know, just you're playing for just a little bit of pride now. You upset, like, knock Pontevedra out, get him out of there, you know, uh, went just just get some W's in the in the column is what you're basically playing for. You know, play play for a little bit of pride for that Panther pride. You know, uh, Stokes needs to, you know, get some stats going, you know, help him out a little bit. But, yeah, defensively they've been uh, – in disarray all season, really. Just not a good performance for Nice. And after that nine and four season of the regional finals last year, and you turn around and, and you're one and seven um, at this point in the year, really a, a difficult season. Marcus Stokes, Colin Drafts, and the Panthers after such high expectations last year, this graduation losses really uh, sapped Nice of, of what, um, what it did so well last year, the big play offense and a really a, a bone jarring type of defense that's a huge two nights of football this week sponge we'll have some district champs next week to talk about yeah. we'll have some playoff bursts to talk about just posted a story on uh playoff scenarios who needs help who needs uh who needs to win out to get in and who wins on thursday and friday and gets in the playoffs that's at newsforjacks.com you can take a look at that now so sponge if you're looking at uh from this from a fans viewing perspective give me your top three games on thursday and friday this week uh, obviously, I'll give you the four. We, we've, we've said it already. First, Coast Fletcher, Jackson Reigns, your Thursday night games. And then if I was to pick two games to go to on Friday, it would probably be Bowles, Bishop Kenny, and Bradford at Palatka. I, I definitely, you know, going back to that one, Palatka has, you know, they were started the season hot. You know, you, you drop one to, you know, Fernandina Beach, which I didn't see coming. Um, even though I, I, I don't know how well – Palatka's schedule was, you know, really who they played. Same with Bradford, but, you know, the thing with Bradford is they've just absolutely just – I mean, when you give up seven points in eight games, that's almost unbelievable. And then to, you know, beat a Donnellan team 44 to nothing and almost put a 50, point, 50 spot on them, you know, they're offensively starting to get things going. I just – I don't see Palatka, in a sense, having a shot. I think, I think Bradford runs away with it. And you're looking at, like you said before, I think Bradford has a serious uh, chance to make a nice run as the season goes and, and on into these playoffs here. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to watching them go forward. And I think it's Jamie Rogers has done a great job and those guys are playing great ball out there in Stark. So I, yeah, I'm, I, total, total agreement with you. That's why I think we're a, you know, the suburban Metro thing and, and Bradford being suburban this year could really help a team like a Bradford, like a Bartram trail, to make that yeah. extended playoff run. So I think that's good for those teams. And, and I think Bradford um, especially has a very good chance at winning a state championship uh, in that 2S division. So another week of varsity in the books. Sponge Franklin and I will come to you next week and start talking maybe a little bit of playoffs as week 11 yeah. arrives. Sponge, this thing goes fast and furious once it gets started. I'm telling you, man. But we are heading on into the thick of the high school football season. For Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, thanks for joining us on another edition of Varsity.